0: Eon Karis. This is Satya, and you're listening to to Love, Sex, Sex, and and the the Hidden hidden Agenda. agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive
1: in. I didn't have safe or stable love in my house growing up. I didn't even have safety for my emotions, and I was in a very tortured dynamic with my mom, with with a whole kind of series of people who, who were like short term. It was like a lot of short term nannies, and I don't even want to get into that. There's two times in my life that I know a woman has fallen in love with me, and both times were really scary. But with you, it was many years later from the first one. And, you know, we met under super different circumstances because with that first one, my energy body was stable. I hadn't, you know, been in this, in this kind of exchange. I hadn't been in a tantric world. So I was in a worse state when I met you, but I was older and I was somewhat older and I was older and wiser. And I realized that, you know, that moment where you're like, no, this is just what I want to do. And I knew you weren't asking me for anything. You weren't asking me to be in the background and be, your, be and, and support. You weren't asking anything. You were just like, this is what I'm going to go do. And I was like, well, Jesus, my child is coming into the world. And yeah. yeah I was- and when
0: I found out I was pregnant and we had just broken up like the day, that same day or the day before, and I was super angry at you. And I had just like, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm pre- I'm having this child. And I was like, doesn't matter. I know it's good genes. and I'm going to keep this child. Um, this child, my child. And the second yeah. I felt the child, my energy field doubled, like my strength doubled when I was pregnant. It was an ecstatic feeling.
1: Mm mm-hmm. When you st- when your energy field doubled, I think that's right around when I started going on a bigger ride. like I was elated and then I was crashing. like we were connected, yeah, so you went
0: I- like panic for me
1: I was actually quite at that point became like very like more much more unstable, not just like struggling to like where are my energy boundaries. It was like I was up and down. and I think you know we didn't we didn't talk about that at the time. You never told me that until like a couple of weeks ago about your energy field doubling, but that's really interesting. It's
0: how I survived what I was dished out at that moment. Cause there, I can go on and on about the amount of stack trauma I had on the day I found out I was pregnant. Like it was, it's so much like with the book publisher, with the guy before you who had um, got me pregnant from rape. Right. And he, who showed up on my life event. And I, I mean, I remember my whole system being like, I'm going to explode. Like, I can't take any more trauma. And yet, boom, you're pregnant. And I was just like, oh, my God, and the whole trauma from the abortion, which was only like, I think, seven months before that, or something. Yeah, it was almost a year later. Exactly. More than
1: a year. It was more than a year later. It was like 15 or 16 months later.
0: then then I was like, okay, I'm having this child, doesn't matter, Adam's out of my life, I'm going to keep this kid, he'll probably come back at some point when he gets his shit together. I mean, this was the thoughts in my head, like, I was just like, done. And I was like, of course, you know, if you want to be a part of the kid's life, but I I couldn't have you around me while I was pregnant, because I felt more retreating into the woods, like I never wanted to leave the woods. And that's was my happy place and safe place. And then I was like, well, I better tell my mom she's going to be a grandma. And it was her 80th birthday. And I was like, wow, I wonder if my mom's going to die before this child's born. I mean, I was having all these weird thoughts because one of the reasons I never wanted to have a kid was because my mom was such an abusive mother. I always said, if I ever had a kid, I probably would never even let my mom know the child. But because my mom had had all these strokes, she seemed like she was gonna die any day. And I was really trying to make amends with her and like have a relationship with her that prior year I had been in her life. It was her birthday and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to her and celebrate her birthday and tell her she's gonna be a grandma. And before I could speak it to her, like within the first few hours of being in her presence, I started miscarrying. And like, she found out I was pregnant while I was miscarrying the baby, screaming, blacking out in the eyes and excruciating pain. And that in itself, with my mom and my like, it was like the world wouldn't allow me to have any joy. And my mom said, while I'm in the miscarriage, oh it would have you're oh you're pregnant with who? Adam? Yes, Adam. Oh, oh my God. Well it was going to be retarded anyway. And I was just like, I can't fucking take this cruel world. You know, that was like, I was just survivor, 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 I'm gonna survive this. And then it was like, because I was in the miscarry, you know, my brother, his girlfriend came, you came, we had a, a healing and a reconnection in the loss of the child. Like you were there for me, you were holding me. Like the whole next day, I was grieving and my mom's like, Why are you crying? You know, get over it already. Like it was gonna be retarded. You're too old. Blah, blah, blah. And for sure it was gonna be stupid. I
1: mean, I just wanna say for fuck what your mom said. I mean, I <laughs> please don't I hope you never even hear those words back in your head even one more time the rest of your life and it just fills in with some other happy story because <laughs> that's fucking that's so fucked up. And I and I know what it's like when you have to get when family members and parents say really shitty things to you and it's just fucked up and it's not true and it's unfair. And well, there's
0: a truth to it because I wouldn't have miscarried unless there was a chromosomal diff, you know, there was a problem with the fetus, right?
1: You think that's why you, Yeah. why you, how many reasons you can miscarry, there's no reason to know that it's a chromosomal aberration. Do you feel on some level that you failed in having a miscarriage? Do you feel- I felt feel, cursed. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. and. That's a strong, that's a strong conclusion to, to draw because first of all, miscarriages are not uncommon. I had no idea until after we miscarried and I began talking to people, how many people I know have miscarried. You were 43. We were in an extremely emotionally volatile time. We both have amazing genes, but we were up against all of that. <laughs> it's a so there's, I, I hear, i I be, I was beating myself up as well afterwards because well, I was, I was angry up. at you because I felt that you, I know I you're, you you
0: cursed me that you didn't want me to have the child and you didn't want me to take it away from you. And I was shocked. I was very shocked by your reaction to my pregnancy, completely shocked. I, I had to get so self-absorbed in order to survive at that moment that I could no longer think of you like I was in such survival mode like I'd lost everything and then I had launched the book but like I still didn't have anything I hadn't rebuilt my life like I was in rebuild mode like I didn't feel like I had backup from anywhere like it was angels and strangers that had like put money in a GoFundMe account that I was living off of. And I had to produce income immediately. And I I was just like, whoa, I got to launch the book, launch the school. My nervous system isn't ready for this, but I have to do it. And I, the day I found out, the morning I found out I was pregnant, I was launching that afternoon. And to like, I don't know, 40 people online. And then the guy who raped me was on the call. And I was just like, I mean, the 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 levels of trauma that was moving through my body, I was literally like, what is going on? Why, why can't I just be happy? And then knowing the baby, that's when the baby was like, I did the meditation that I do and that I teach, and boom, I doubled in size. Like it was extraordinary. And so even though everything was super scary and looked really terrifying and I had a big messes to clean up I felt so blessed by this ch- this child's love was extraordinary and I was like oh okay Adam you, you don't want this love stay away from me you'll come back eventually like I just felt like you needed to go on a different journey and then ironically the the death of Ari brought us back together to a healed place we healed you were there with for me. You helped me move from the woods up to Oregon. And then ironically, this was where you handed me off to my next relation in the hot springs. You were like, you, hand you, off. See guy? you see that guy. And I was like, I'm here with you, Adam. I'm not looking at any other guy. What guy? You're like, that guy, that guy, he's your warrior for God. Yeah, no, she did. I didn't
1: say he's your warrior for God. I said he's like a this guy was standing there like a statuesque six foot two blonde guy. Who's just like, just like these, this guy, this kind of guy was like a chest, but the, like each peck is like a foot broad. And I was like this guy. And he was and he just, his whole field, his aura was so bright. I was like, this guy is like a warrior of God. I didn't say it was your warrior of God. Yes, you dude. did.
0: You did. No, I didn't. And I you remember. wouldn't.
1: All right. Okay. You, you just warrior God. You disagree.
0: wanted me to see him. I couldn't see him. I was only with you. Like I was feeling like, this is our last night. You helped me move. You moved me up there. You've got me settled in. You were, we were having this beautiful romance and healing of the loss through the the pain of losing Ari. And it was like, are we together or not? Can we do long distance? I mean, we were then going to live like I don't know what is it. Eight Eight hours hours
1: away, eight hours hours.
0: away, or something. I'm like, we we could barely do five hours. Eight hours is going to be really. Three
1: hours was good. I was driving up to Mendocino, but eight hours where we were was going to. If not being able to come up and see it was going to be really challenging.
0: And I was like, okay, we're breaking up. So you got me settled in. You stayed with me for a few days. We saw the warrior for God, who you pointed out. Warrior
1: of Light. Warrior of Light.
0: We had our thing, you left, we said goodbye. It was a peaceful breakup at that moment. Like we peacefully parted. And I think two days after you left, uh, I met the warrior for God on my own. And yeah. And then I was with him for two years and that was a whole set of synchronicities.
1: Two years, yeah, okay, all right?
0: The, the point is that only when I got with Sky, you got upset, and it was since I saw your love to me. So, what honestly, are we talking about here? now? I never felt you were in love with me. I felt that you were jealous that I went with a younger man. You were jealous, and somehow jealous. then you became obsessed jealous. with me. Only now, I was I really feel your true love towards me. Yeah. I never felt
1: that before. Well I, was, I I was afraid. well, I was afraid during our relationship. I told you I hadn't really experienced much of what felt like safe love. And I mean, I did definitely didn't uh, in my, you know, in my home life growing up. And that's a whole, you know, there's a lot, all kinds of things I could share about that. But then um, when we were together and, and you were in love with me, I was keeping my guard up. I was keeping like myself at a distance. If I was being, uh, I, I didn't know how to open up to what I was feeling, and it's the same reason, you know, you've you've suggested that I should that I come to Mexico. You know, some number of times over the last like month and a half since we started talking, forty days ago we started talking about thirty nine, and and I, and you've suggested I come there, and I've I, I th- there's a reason I have not jumped on that flight, even though the impetus arises. It's because we need to heal. I wanna, if, if, if we're gonna have, whatever our relationship can be from this time, I want it to be from a healed place. And this would be super hard if we are in person because it would be a lot for both of our nervous systems. I think it would reactivate both of us because this is, you know, now we're having this call and we're getting deeper into the feelings underneath and and anger, mistrust. Yeah, in my case, more guardedness, fear, I think you were more in anger and mistrust. And of course, you know, there's always fear there, but I was more actively like in fear, even if I wasn't showing it. I was like actually in that vibration a lot. And yeah, fear of opening up, mistrust. Um, I had come from a world where I felt super used for in my sexual energy around the in the Tantra world. You were not doing that, but that channel was so open. We obviously were really sh- strong in that channel. And so, you know, So thank you. Uh, Yeah, it's important for me to hear it, that you didn't feel my love while we were together. Not at all. Yeah.
0: I felt that I was a toy for you. Like, I felt that I was a fascination and I felt like you were trying to conquer me or to... I felt like I I didn't feel cherished the way I need to feel in order to feel safe.
1: Yeah. And I... I definitely had you in my mind as like a teacher role in a way. And you were also taking on that role. And And I
0: didn't want to be your teacher. So that's why I wrote the book for you, basically. Like,
1: didn't you tell me you channeled the book? I I did.
0: I channeled it from a place of anger, of feeling alone that nobody, I, I, I needed people to understand how to run their energy Like, it was weird. I was writing a different book. I was writing a totally different book. And my publisher, and I went through multiple edits on a totally different book. And then like two weeks before the deadline, I scrapped the whole thing because of what, I think it was the woman with the fur coat. I scrapped that whole thing I was writing because of some argument we were in. And I just channeled what is now synchronicity, the
1: well, and, synchronicity. We, and we were having a ton of conversations about a lot of the things in the book about synchronicity because the, in the years prior to us meeting, like the four years prior to us meeting, my life had exploded with synchronicity. I mean, so we were having a lot of yeah, conversations. We were having
0: that. so many we like were having- boxes and everything. It was just we, over the
1: top. Totally, our whole it was incredible. The whole way we were brought together, the whole way, the fire seeing you shortly afterwards the whole thing was like us now
0: reconnecting so we reconnected not knowing like not thinking about the date we reconnected because of my Dalai Lama post and you were like hey did you read did you see this video and I was like Adam like Adam Adam, I need to talk to you about this I like you're the only one I feel like is really going to understand what I'm seeing
1: I mean I'm honored that you, you you see me that way and you know, before we met, I was spending very actively. It spent like the prior. I want to say like three years. Like, sorry, how many? No, four years. Like, experiencing synchronicity, thinking about it, reading books, reading books on alchemy, shamanism, quantum physics. I was in the lab. I was like in the lab and in the tantra house with like, and I was like teaching. Like, 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 I was very engaged in that. And I, I, I kind of, I, I think you scrapped that book and wrote a different book because there was something going on there was some magic in in us being in that it was like some I feel feel like there was some alchemy and there was I
0: felt that I I felt that you were there in that sense and like how I wrapped it up like now I'm reflecting that maybe you're much more than all of that obviously but in that moment I had wrapped it up that you were like the person who showed up with all that synchronicity to help me share my magic with the world and, and formulate it um, yeah. and it was through my frustration and anger and like survival skills that I was able to distill certain lessons and trainings and like just channel what needed to come through and a lot of it was due to what we were experiencing was like oh okay like the through line is synchronicity the fox is pointing me to synchronicity the fox is synchron the medicine of synchronicity and coming back to like how we reconnected so again it was you know, I'm talking about the misuse of power on the planet. This is where we connected most deeply was around people misusing Kundalini, misusing their powers. You feeling like you were being misused in that tantric sex cult that you were involved in me and my, um, previous relationship. And, mis- and,
1: and I was and guilty of misusing inside of there as well. Like both my own energy, not honoring my own energy and not honoring. So I, I feel like that was where I was trying to
0: well, I felt that you were victimized and activated in Kundalini powers without a, a teacher that was clear of their, and they were, it was like some dark entity activated your Kundalini and them was feeding off it and getting you to misuse it. Like that's, that was my perspective of you. Like I wanted to help you. I wanted to yeah. save you from the dark Lords that were working around you and through you. And so many times in our interactions was like, oh my God, I wanted, I don't know, to just like Mm -hmm. help you survive what you were grappling with.
1: And I wanted that for you as well. I I really felt like we I mean that's I mean thank you for saying that because or just saying that on this call because yeah I was I was not in a strong place. I was like in a victimized place.
0: The synchronicities between us, so I write about many of them in the book. There's many I left out of the book because they're so complex and so layered, like with my family and all these things that happened. And then in us reconnecting, I happen to be editing. I'm writing the fourth edition of the book. So I'm revisiting the stories about you, the whole thing that happened from seven years ago, Suddenly, this Dalai Lama thing pops up. I have a lot to say around, you know, the misuse of sexual energy. So I start posting on it, and then you pop into my feed, and all these years have gone by, and suddenly... I was like, "Oh, Adam, let's talk." And then we 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 got off Instagram, and all that just felt normal, like, "Oh, hey, what's up? How are you doing?" You know, no big deal. Like not realizing the gravity of our past. And then the second we were private messaging each other off of social media, my whole body was having a reaction, like, "Ooh, wow!" And I could feel your intimidation of connecting, like you weren't sure if you wanted to connect, and like I, there was a hesitancy there. And I was like, whoa, this is intense talking directly to you in a yep. private channel. Like we went off the public platform and all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, there's so much energy here. And we were just texting. We couldn't, both of us acknowledge that we were not ready to speak on the phone. We were like, well, we're gonna have to go slow with this. There's so much going on right now. And we start talking and then you started sharing about Ari and and where you've been all these years or I think you said something like you'd been waiting a long time to have this conversation or like to get me alone to talk to me
1: I felt like we were unresolved and so yeah basically yeah
0: yeah and I in that moment when you said when I realized that there's unresolved stuff it just landed with me so immensely like like a ton of bricks just fell from the sky and landed in my lap and I didn't even realize I had all this weight that I needed to like extrapolate or something and I was like oh I have stuff with you like I thought you know we lost the kid we grieved we moved on period like to me it was done and complete because so many things my life just keeps being so dramatic that I hadn't had the luxury honestly of sitting and reflecting and it felt like a a luxury to do that and we were both uh, being very vulnerable with each other and sharing where we were at and then suddenly you mentioned Ari and I couldn't stop crying that's when I felt his spirit on my side and holding me and then I saw this whole parallel reality where you were you and I were together as a family and I And I was like, wow, this is the kind of love that I think I always dreamt about wanting to give that I never have felt reciprocated. And um, (laughs) even just on my side, like for three days, there was a boy holding me like this it was so real like I was sleeping waking up to this child I was sitting here at my table and he was here like he wouldn't leave me he was showing me how much he loved me and I I saw this like apparition of you like popping in and out like the fox that you are like hey what's that like family literally for three days I was crying but in the moment when it started I was texting with you and telling you that I was having this experience. And uh, and then I was like, wait a second, what's the date today? And then I remembered it's my mom's birthday. So it's the first birthday of my mother since she died. She loved you. She, my mom totally loved you. She thought you were great. She was always like all excited to talk to. She talked to you and showed you more love than she's ever showed me. So that was like, really bizarre for me but it was nice for me to see because I got to see a different mom like when I watch you and my mom and my brother interact I saw a different version of them that I had never seen before mm-hmm. and it made me closer to them even though the conversation was with you but there was all these synchronicities like oh my god it's my mom's birthday Oh my God, it's also the day we lost Ari. It was like seven years. The day
1: we first messaged was April 16th, and that was the miscarriage date. And then your mom's birthday, birthday was the 17th. 17th and yeah. we were like talking on those two days. And I know every year on April 16th. I, I, I know when it's April 16th.
0: I had never yeah. thought about it since.
1: And it was East, and some years it's Easter as well.
0: Yeah, and that that just boggled my mind that you remember that because I, for those three days that I cried, <laughs> I realized I I never considered myself a mother. I never thought about Ari again. Like I grieved at the moment, but then I was relieved because I felt like I never wanted to be like a struggling single mom. Like I struggle enough to, to support myself to be responsible for a child and like that's like a whole other level so in a way the the miscarriage yes it was sad but it also felt like oh thank god like I just need to take care of myself yeah for me it was so surprising and deeply healing for me to realize what a man goes through or losing a child in this way like for me it was like what do you have to do with like, oh, for you, you should be relieved. you didn't want the kid in the first place. that was the that's where I left yeah. it, yeah, so it was really surprising for me to see that you still well
1: I, but honestly i want I want you to know when I first reacted and was like, okay, not not like and and i I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like overwhelmed and like, you know, I don't want like. I don't want you to keep it or are you going to keep it? I think it was a conversation and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly, I wasn't so supportive. I, I think it's pretty terrifying. Sure. Looking back, I realized that like, I was in a state of disbelief that, that a woman would love me. The two times that a woman has loved me, I'm, I'm, I'm literally in a state of disbelief. And I've guarded myself up so much through my past against the possibility of really feeling and experiencing that, that it makes it feel, feel like unreal. Like I, I needed, I needed to go and have time away and, you know, and, and, but like I, it, it's, so it's like, if you, you say to somebody, you're going to have, okay, I want you to know tomorrow I'm going to, you're going to wake up and you're going to have everything you ever wanted you're going to be happy all the shit that's been difficult all the challenges they're not going to be there anymore and you're going to have it all it sounds like the dream and it's actually becomes terrifying after enough years of being so far away from what you deeply yearned for like i deeply yearned for a family when i was younger like when i was in my 20s i wanted four kids and then i made i'm an adventurous human being uh you know, I'm a, I'm a fox on the on the move and I and I instead of live this life like filled with adventures. And I'm sad about that too, because I don't and I'm not so sure. It was like this thing is happening and I'm fully already put on armor through my life, all kinds of protective layers, because I'm so exhausted from wanting it for so long and never being able to have it and really almost like re-traumatizing myself, trying to go back to the same old channels and sources to get it it like my mother like my relationship with my mother um who I I
0: have the same birthday as
1: who you have the same birthday as and you're both you're both yeah you're both Virgo in very different ways and um but yeah that was a pure synchronicity we discovered while we were dating and after we had the miscarriage I I um talking about synchronicities I don't know if this is in the book or not but like that First, that hummingbird arrived in the cabin and couldn't get out and panicked. We left the cabin and left all the doors and windows open. But it panicked. And, you know, I'm not so up on what is the sort of mm-hmm. significance mm-hmm. of all sorts of different animals, but I know the hummingbird is like moves between the worlds. It like it like moves like it's like a symbol of spirit moving through the realms. when that hummingbird awesome
0: symbolizes
1: birth. Birth, right. Birth into a different, right. Moving through the realms, like like. However, spirit moves into matter and makes a baby. And when that when that bird when we came back in and the bird had panicked itself to death, I I, I was like, oh, this is not a good omen. Like I was panicky after that for the rest of the the pregnancy and and yeah, it was it was like weighing on me so much because synchronicity was so present and synchronicity is not something I have an easy relationship with because when it started in my life and, and like became so prevalent, it, it, it made it confuse. I felt like, where do I have choice here? Like everything is just being arranged for me. I literally just felt like my life was being lined up like dominoes for a couple of years. Like I would think of somebody I hadn't thought about in years. And then I walk out of the restaurant I'm in, turn the corner, haven't seen them in two years and, and run right into them. And like, of course, that's just something to celebrate. But for me, it 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 wasn't in that time because I was so open, and it was so much synchronicity that it was very uh, felt very destabilizing. I just wanted some like like you wanted your cabin in the woods. I just wanted synchronicity to like stop. I just wanted like things to like not look. I wanted to not be seeing into some like through the realms and into some grand order order. But there was a beautiful synchronicity that happened um, after the miscarriage and after we parted ways. I was up camping in an area area in Northern California called the Willamette Woods. I don't think about it, but then I get home and then in my backyard, my tiny, tiny fenced in backyard. We're not talking about the woods. And I'm, I'm the, 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 the back glass door that faces the backyard. So it's just my like private viewing into the backyard. There is a mother deer and a baby doe and they stay in the backyard for three days. And they are just camped out in the backyard, no more than like 20 feet from my glass door. And I feel the spirit of a woman. So there was a woman who was my nanny and raised me and I call her my soul mama, whose name is Willa Lucille Williams. And then I realized, oh, wow, I live on Willamette Avenue. I I was noticing these Willamette woods and now I can feel I was having psychic communication with the deer to the point, to the point where I said, okay, I'm going to ask psychic questions. If it's a yes, what are you going to do? And it winks one eye. And I said, okay, so if, if the answer is yes, you're going to wink one eye and the, and the deer goes like that, does it again. And I go, what are you going to do if it's a no? And it like wiggles its ears. And I like, ask it again and like test it. And so I'm like, so I start asking, this sounds insane, but Lucille's spirit was in that deer. And for like, for like 15 minutes, we were just locked in. I'm outside. I'm on my, my, now I'm outside on the porch. We're so close to one another. The mother's not scared about the baby coming near me at all. And, and, and Lucille, Willow Lucille Williams, who was a, who was a beautiful being. I went to her funeral many, many years later and you know, my relationship with Lucille was 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 traumatic as well because she lived with us from age, my, I was age seven when she came with us. And then I had my bar mitzvah at 13 and then she left sometime that year or before I turned 14. And that was that. I never saw her, or spoke to her for like 15, 20 years. And that's when I became like, you know, started putting up lots of defenses because, and became like a kind of an angry angry young man. But I found out maybe 15, 20 years later, she said, I didn't tell you I was leaving because we were best friends in the world. You were my best friend, she told me, which was my experience. And I didn't wanna hurt, it would hurt me too much. That's what she told her. I needed that relationship in my life so much, but I didn't end up talking to her again from age 13 until sometime in my thirties. It's not the only time I've had psychic communication with an animal and like full on dialogue. I was so blown away by the specificity of the method of that we were having the communication, that that's what really stuck with me. Um I'm glad that you you felt compelled to talk to me when I you were were, you know, reacting to the Dalai Lama situation. and i and I reached out in that moment because I thought that I mean, honestly, I felt like you were kind of having a a, like a strong reaction to it, and it was it was triggering you. And I, I thought some of it could be trauma, your trauma, and and I wanted to like provide you some relief from it and and be of be of help. How oh, I thought I could and or if I could and that and I'm just I'm, I'm I'm glad that you felt for some reason compelled to reconnect, so that we could be where we're at now, and figure out where what where that is. I mean, I'm seeing so much about how I was treating myself during those years. I mean, I wasn't nice to you in in some ways, and I was. And now I'm I'm getting like a mirror back to and mem- reflection back of what I was doing to myself, and it you know none of it's any good. But anywho, so I'm glad we're back and having this conversation. I know it's not easy, but it's been it's been a long time in the coming, or maybe just the right time. Seven years after the fact.
0: And ironically, I found out April 17th, my mom's birthday, the day we lost Ari is also the day my Chiron went direct. <laughs> the fact that you've since we've since I would last spoken to you have become like an astrology buff. It's been really fascinating to um to dive into these patterns and cycles and rhythms of our lives from a like pro place and kind of put them in its place and also looking at our human design and just like how we how we are when we're operating in our power how we are when we're operating in our deficit or from our stories or from our wounding yeah it's been really healing and illuminating for me to to be back in touch with you, super surprising.
1: I think we were brought together to, to, like, with the potential to heal one another. I felt like during our relationship, I mean, okay, putting aside all the things that made it really hard, there was lots of times when we were together, like immersed just you and I in your cabin up in Mendocino, for a long weekend or a whole over a whole week. I would just stay through the whole week, and and we would just be just the two of us, and so there were so many healings. There was so many times you were crying and I was holding you, I was crying and you were holding me. There was so, this was what we were doing with one another and for one another. And so it makes sense that we're continuing in that way now. So I just wanna say that. And yeah, your Chiron went direct on April 17th and you told me that every year around Easter time like for some number of years I don't know if it's your entire life or just like the last five six seven I don't know how many years or ten or twelve that you you have really hard shit go down around Easter for you
0: I, I have a few cycles like that like in July is also the year that my spiritual teacher and my father died also so I feel like I was just in this like spinning wheel of karmic trauma drama like clear I know that I came in this lifetime to clear my karmic ties and really close out my my lineage and that's one of the reasons also I never thought I would be a mother because having a child means you're still on the karmic wheel so I maybe it was around like 22 23 I was just like oh I don't want children I'm not, this is my last lifetime here. (laughs) I'm going back home. Like I'm on a mission. I'm going to accomplish my mission. I'm going to close out this lineage. I'm going to do the final healing to clear out my family story or this line that I've come into and, uh, and balance.
1: Well, you know, what's we have so many commonalities that we have not touched on in this podcast, but like one of them is is that that's very much something that I've, felt as well is that like my 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 mission in many years was to clear out the wounding the karmic wounding but you know what i i wanted to say that i hope we both have you know i i hope for both our sakes that we've done enough karmic clearing and we just move on to dharmic service because there's only so much we can keep doing for what came before I think I see you as having a bigger mission on the earth than just clearing out your 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 karma. And as much as I've done of that in my in my lineage, not necessarily enough directly with my family. That was sort of a pain point for me is that I did a bunch of years of karma clearing, and you know I kind of felt like, hey, I've done all this work, and I came back, and I'm like communing with my grand grandmother. My great-grandmother and, and other grandparents and and having like direct transmission through lineage and like working to like heal you know the other members of my family who are in in you know corporeal here here on this planet and then i came back to them and and i think similar to you i felt not seen not understood and kind of hurt that i'm not being appreciated and it's a burden being as sensitive in these realms as we are but
0: but I do wanna note another interesting pattern, which was after, after we lost the baby, I needed to move from my cabin in the woods and we broke up. I asked my brother if I could live in his empty house. And he said, no. And I said, well, then I'm gonna have to move really far away to Oregon. He was like, oh yeah. I, I, I heard they it's cheaper there. (laughs) They don't have to pay taxes. So then I moved to Oregon. And so at that moment, when I lost Ari and I lost you, I also lost my mom and my brother, my sister at that time, I still hadn't spoken to her and I didn't see them again. My mom never again. She died in September and I, I finally spoke to my brother in November. Well, I saw my mom on video um, a few days before she died. Yeah. And I saw my brother only last November. And now that that my mom's passed, I've reconnected with my brother. We've done a lot of, we did a lot of healing when I went to see her grave and I've reconnected with my sister. So most of the last the last 20 years I hardly had family like except that one year where we were together most of that year um, I never had family so it's a really fascinating and I really felt my mother aiding or I could feel her joy recon in our reconnection at this moment so it was, it's just it's so mysterious. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's like awe-inspiring um, to just see like the perfection of I don't know, connections and healing and growth and expansion and evolution. And I think we've done some some good work, Adam. I'm proud of us both.
1: <laughs> I think so too.
0: And I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being brave to reach out to me again because I know I wasn't very nice the last time you tried
1: it's okay I forgive you and I haven't I haven't held it against you
0: that's good then you are super lovable thank you To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.